We are parents, teachers, and educators. And like you, we're passionate about restoring our culture for Christ. This is Veritas Vox, the voice of classical Christian education. Hello again. I'm Marlon Detweiler with Veritas Vox, the voice of classical Christian education. Today we have someone with us who is an insider. We don't want you to not know that. Uh, she'll tell you what that means. But welcome, Summer Weaver. Thank you. It's good to be here. As we start, why don't you tell us a little bit about your uh, personal circumstances, uh, where you live, uh, uh, family, those kinds of things. Sure. I live in uh, Mount Shasta, California. Um, I'm married to a wonderful man. His name is Todd. He is a dentist. And we have two fantastic sons, Ethan, who is turning 20, and Seth, who is turning 17 very soon. So um, they are both on their way out of high school, entering into the next phase of their lives. But um, yeah. Very good. Well, one of the things that you might be thinking is you're soon going to be empty nesters and that may change things and that sort of thing. I'm not sure I've figured out what empty nesting is yet. It seems like somebody's always back in the nest for some reason. I hope so. I hope that's yeah. the case. I want them to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good. How did you become connected with us, with Veritas? We were um, called to begin our homeschooling journey when my oldest son was entering into third grade. And I thought, oh, this will be easy. I have an educational background. It will be great. Well, that was not the case. <laughs> the first year was very difficult. I was overwhelmed with the um, amount of curriculum out there. And I found myself changing curriculums throughout the year and just was never really settled. And that next year, I was introduced to classical education and Veritas. And as I started doing my research, I was amazed at how um, classical education was rooted in history. It was so content rich. And of course, I appreciated the fact that it was um, had a strong emphasis on language and literacy and was teaching students how to think and learn on their own. And so we began taking some a la carte classes at Veritas and just fell in love. A weight was dropped from my shoulders. And then about eight years ago, I had um, the opportunity to become part of the staff and I have not looked back. I love the I school. I, I love the curriculum. Yeah. I knew you'd been teaching for a long time, but I didn't realize it was eight years uh, that's yeah. about the midpoint, you know, slightly short of, I think we're in our uh, 19th year, about to, we're registering for the 19th year. Okay. So you've been teaching uh, eight years. What have you taught for us? I've taught um, grammar and writing, literature, linguistics, geography north. I think that is the <laughs> realm of what I've taught. <laughs> and, and you are the department head for us, for our grammar school, grammar and writing, as I understand it. Correct. For the grammar school English department. Yes. For those that are listening, it's not that I'm not aware. I'm actually just trying to make sure we get it on the record. Uh, and so thank you for uh, humoring me, Summer. Um, so in teaching grammar and writing uh, in grammar school, I don't even, this I don't remember. Do you teach the upper grades primarily? When I say upper, upper grammar school, the fifth, sixth, or do you teach the third and fourth as well, or even second? So the last several years I've been teaching the third and fourth grade, I have taught fifth grade in the past, but I have found my love in the third and fourth grade classes and I've just sort of stuck with them. <laughs> yeah, that's always, people don't realize sweet spots for teachers with regard to curriculum and with regard to age of students. I shouldn't say curriculum, but rather subjects, disciplines. 
how is it you think you're best connected to a third and fourth grader? I love that they are so open to learning and that their minds are just little sponges and they're so excited about it. And so their excitement leans over to me and I get excited about it. And I love seeing those, them hit those milestones and the accomplishments. And I think that's why I have just found that this age group (laughs) suits me so well. Yeah. Yeah. Each, each range of kids, it's not just one grade, but each range of kids has a, a kind of a different approach uh, that motivates them. And when the teacher and the student fit uh, together like that, it makes a big difference. And one of the things that I know our headmaster, Dr. Cannon, is always sensitive to in terms of making sure uh, we have uh, a really best fit uh, working. And it, it sounds to me like uh, you have uh, uh, found your niche there. I have. I can, I love to be silly with the kids and work hard with the kids. <laughs> so. Now, curricularly, it's interesting, and there are a whole lot of questions related to it, so let's kind of tackle them one at a time. How did you become familiar with Shirley Grammer and with the Institutes for Excellence in Writing, or as we're tend, we tend to call it because it saves uh, energy, IEW? So how did you become familiar with Shirley, and then how did you become familiar with IEW? I became familiar with both of them when I started looking into Veritas and teaching. Um, I started teaching using the curriculum by myself with my own sons and then found that it was much more suited to a group environment. And so that's why, and that's when I put my um, sons into the live classes at Veritas. And so that is where I became familiar with it. When you became familiar, you have a background in grammar and writing, correct? I have an English major, and I actually, when I taught at the brick and mortar, I was teaching um, seniors in high school. So I went from one yeah. spectrum to the next. Very, very different emphasis. There you're dealing with uh, higher levels of composition and things like that. Mm-hmm. Here we're just getting started on sentences, and, well, not sentences, but paragraphs and storytelling and that sort of thing. Uh, talk to us about Shirley Grammer. What is it you like about it? What is it that you don't care for as much? I love Shirley Grammer and how it's designed to help students master the parts of speech and sentence structure. Um, it's wonderful. The jingles that students memorize to help learn the parts of speech um, just suit that age. And they go through learning how to classify sentences using the question answer flow. And so those things are, have really stood out to me. They really provide a solid foundation in grammar. Um, honestly, the only thing that I might say that I don't like about Shirley Grammar is how the books are set up. But after a, after a family learns how the books are set up, and I take time going over that in my classes, then they sort of become familiar with um, the curriculum and fall in love with it as well. <laughs> you know, you really make a good point, though. As we publish curriculum, we are very careful to believe that substance matters most but form matters a lot, and so does design. If it doesn't have a form that we can easily learn and follow, and if it doesn't have a design that's attractive, sometimes the content never gets realized. Yes, and and it's hard for a parent going into that the first time on their own to try to figure that out. (laughs) 
that's great. Um, in its uniqueness of uh, the uh, jingles and how things are learned, uh, how would you say that compares then to other, I hate to call it this way, but maybe it's easier, maybe uh, more traditional approaches to learning grammar? Shirley does a wonderful job in mastery of skills. Um, students master skills and it always goes back and repeats what they have learned and it grows off what they have learned, where in some of the other curriculums, I feel like that mastery isn't ever really accomplished. It's just the next thing and moving on to the next concept, moving on to the next topic. Yeah, I can see that. Now, Shirley Grammar does have a writing component to it, but we don't use it. We use the Institute for Excellence in Writing. Mm -hmm. Tell us in, in the gap here as we transition from talking about Shirley to talking about IEW, what you believe is the reason that we should do that. IEW um, teaches students to write using nine structural models, which include um, writing from paragraphs, essays, reports, writing from pictures, inventive writing, and formal essays. And I feel that IEW really takes what I call the blank page staring off into the stars or the doodling out of the equation when learning how to write because it gives students um, a formula to follow and it allows every student to be successful because they don't have to try to come up with what they are writing. IEW does a wonderful job teaching students how to think. I often start my lesson with asking students, what does it mean to think? And they sit there for a while and they can't and, and they can't formulate an answer. But then when I start asking them questions and they answer my questions, I, I said, that's what you're thinking right now. You're pulling in information from your brain. And that's what IEW allows students to do. It allows them to pull the information from their brain and get it onto paper. You know, this is so true in so many areas. If I, I, and, and it's so obvious and, and it's so overlooked. Uh, the idea, I, and, and in art, it, it's, uh, I, I think, a, a really good example the idea of giving a student the chalk or the paint and a blank page and say, create, is just not educating them in a way that's effective. Mm -hmm. My dog just got real excited about something outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so the idea of modeling was resonated so much to Laurie and me as we made curricular selections for recommendation. And, and I couldn't agree more with that importance. Creating models so that students build around a structure and fill it out with the flesh and the uh, uh, color uh, of what they write allows them to uh, build off of something rather than build off of nothing in a place where they have no experience to build off of anything. Right. Uh, and it really is, is a huge difference. And it's one of the tenets of classical education. Mm -hmm. It may not be as clear as, as the, uh, uh, the more spoken ones, but it's a very significant thing to think in terms of providing models from which young students start to develop their own skill and craft. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. And it allows them to develop that confidence in the process of their writing. They become very confident very quickly in getting their thoughts down onto paper with the guidance of a teacher and that modeling sequence. Um, So modeling doesn't remain the norm. No. Tell us about how our grammar and writing program develops from one of learning basics in, in grammar through Shirley and learning modeling and writing through IEW. How does it develop from that? So we start with our grammar and writing three students, the very young age, where we are very hands-on and we lead them through the process. Students work very closely with the teacher um, and we model each unit. We are developed, for example, in writing, we always start with a keyword outline and we develop that keyword outline together. We All of the students will have the same keyword outline. The teacher asks questions and from the answers that the teacher gets from the students, um, I or the other teacher will create an outline and they're writing it down on their own paper with, with me. Mm-hmm. From that process, the next step is in the younger ages, we spend a lot of time with them doing an oral rough draft where they speak the story or speak the paragraph using their keyword outline. And that's when it becomes a little bit more unique and they gain ownership because their sentences are all different. (laughs) And then we take those um, words that those sentences that they spoke and they write them down and we go through the editing process and then they can polish their paper. And so in the third and fourth grade, we are more hands-on. Once they get into the fifth and especially the sixth grade, they hopefully have been through third and fourth and they've got, they've received that hand-holding. Um, and we're starting to take the training reels off where we're moving at a little bit of a faster pace, introducing more um, grammar concepts, more stylistic techniques. And we're taking sort of a step back um, and allowing students to complete more of the work on their own, of course, being there for questions and helping them through that. But changing more from the formulas that IEW offers and letting them concentrating more on a little bit of the more the content of their writing. Yeah, that's, that is great. That is great. Where do you, uh, as you see students continuing, talk to us about what happens as they uh, master grammar, mm-hmm. they, uh, be, they have, uh, taken the modeling and are ready, so to speak. I think Laurie, my wife, likes to use the term take off the scaffolding to remove the, constri- the, the construction framework that is helpful for them to be able to uh, build the modeling aspect. Uh, tell us about how that transition happens into students then being better able to write on a blank sheet of paper. Students who have come through the four levels of the grammar school, when they are done with grammar, well, let me just stop you for just a oh, second. Sure, you're well aware of something that we I want to make sure the audience understands, and that is we only offer live online classes for third through twelfth grade. They don't start before third grade because students are a little too young to operate on their own with a computer and a teacher and everything else. There is grammar and writing before that, but it's not quite the same, and it certainly isn't live online classes. 
And so when you say four four levels, you're referring to third through sixth grade for those limitations. I'm sorry to right. interrupt. I didn't want to thank get you. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for that clarification. After students have completed grammar and writing three through six, they have a solid um writing toolbox where they can take what they have learned into any of their classes, into composition. Um, if they need a little bit more reinforcement into grammar and writing transition or the omnibus courses and feel very confident that they no longer need that extra help from a teacher because they have developed those skills. My What I often say in grammar and writing three through six is my goal is to teach the process of writing. And I feel very confident when they leave sixth grade, they know the process. They know the process. They have that writing toolbox. As um, Lori says, the scaffolding can come off and they can take their knowledge, what they have learned, that foundation into their future courses. Yeah, that's that's so true. Um, I'm trying to think how to phrase this question in light of uh, our conversation here. Well, let, let me go to a prior question. So what if a student didn't start early? What if a, what if a parent says, well, I like what I hear, but I have a fifth grader and they haven't had any of that? How would you address them? I love talking to parents about placement. And one of the first questions I ask is what is their previous writing experience and where are they on the reading level? If a student um, is a struggling reader and has never had any formal writing experience, I would always suggest going down one grade level. Um, if they are a very confident um, and motivated student, they could be placed at grammar and writing at, at their grade level, but need to know that those classes move a lot faster. And um, when even though each course goes back to the beginning of Shirley grammar, it starts with the parts of speech. Again, IEW starts with unit number one in every level. The pace is just different. And a lot of um, it's expected that students have come through and have knowledge of the previous year. Yeah. But reading level is really important. It's really important to put, if if they're struggling in reading, to go back one level, just because some of the sources that we use um, are a little bit more difficult. You raised a, a, an interesting thought there, and it raises a question in my mind. Talk to us about how students learn to read and how that turns into uh, how well they do in grammar and writing. So uh, I believe a lot of people have different opinions on how to teach students how to read. And I have a unique experience because um, I have a son who really struggled with reading and it was a challenge for us. I think the most important thing to do is when they're younger to be reading to them all the time, <laughs> to start at a very young age with reading. I have told, I've told my sons with children, I said, if there was anything I'd like to do differently here, it would be to read to you more. Mm -hmm. And I am in that same boat. I feel that way too. I wish I would have taken that time. And I know it's hard for parents, especially parents who have uh, the big families to set that time apart. But I think that's so important. Um, also, learning phonics is important. And sometimes that is <laughs> that we, you don't see that all that much anymore. But learning basic phonics um, to improve reading is very important. And just practicing, 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 and practicing, and 
making, especially in the kindergarten, first, second grade, in my opinion, making that a priority rather than something that is just put on the back burner. In In the broadest sense, when we think about education in general, and maybe classical education in particular, we have to easily conclude that the student that can read well and that can write well is ready to move faster and deeper in their education because of the increased difficulty of books that they'll be able to absorb at younger years, you know, sooner than, than others, and their ability to express themselves it goes into all aspects of life. Our ability to speak, our ability to write is always being challenged with anything that we do. Uh, people want to know, you know, the, the common question is uh, more about math. Well, another day that I didn't need Algebra 2 kind of statement. And they're so wrong. It doesn't work that way. But nobody questions the need for language and, and, and the need for speaking and the need for being a good communicator or a good writer. Everybody understands that value, even at the most basic level. Uh, mm-hmm. And what you're doing is is so important. Is it? Is there any, do parents see that when, when you uh, tell them that? Do they easily understand that kind of idea? I don't think it's an easy concept to understand because I think our world sort of has gone away from that idea. But once it's once you talk through it and they really realize the importance of reading and how that does affect their ability to write, because it's all about sentence writing is about sentence structure. Grammar is about sentence structure. And when they're seeing those models in classical literature and great literature, it does flow over into their own work. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't educated the way that I'm trying to help other people educate their children. And I do a fair amount of communicating in writing emails and, and, and that sort of thing. And I've gotten to the point where I'm okay, I'm okay with it. But when I'm writing something that is in depth, maybe a little controversial or uh, hard uh, to communicate, I have several people in my life, all within the Veritas organization that I'll run it by to make sure that I'm hitting what I'm trying to hit because I haven't, I haven't, I'm learning by experience, but I, it wasn't ingrained in me originally. And I think it's so important that students get that so that when they write something, they're able to have the content of what they've written be what other people are looking at. They understand it. And if they're going to argue with it, they know what they're arguing with. That sort of yes. thing. So important. Any thoughts yeah. there? I often tell, my, and again, I'm talking to third, fourth grade because that's sort of my niche. I often tell my students, I want you to read out loud everything that you write before you turn it in, or even a message in Schoology, read it out loud, make sure it makes sense to you. Because oftentimes when you read it out loud, you'll you'll hear some things that you don't. And I am, I really emphasize that even if you're just sending me a message in Schoology, it needs to be your best writing and it needs to be formal writing because I can't guess what you're trying to say. You have to be able to communicate what you're, what you're asking me. That that is so good. That is so good. Uh, We've covered a lot in a a very short period of time and we don't need to fill in time. We can leave it there because this, I think this message has a lot of power to it. Is there anything else you'd like to add? 
Um, you know, I think the only thing that I would probably like to add as it relates to IEW is a lot of times I get a question about um, the stylistic techniques in IEW and how they're very rigid and how they um, make some believe they take away from creativity. And I would just like to say, I don't believe that to be true. <laughs> I strongly believe the stylistic helps students be creative. They help students write what they're seeing in their mind's eye. And I just want to remind parents that the goal is to stick with those stylistic techniques until they are no longer um, formulaic or stilted. It and sounds what, like training wheels. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the stylistic techniques complement surely because they are learning to write more complex sentences. And so I really believe that Shirley and IEW work very well together, and I am blessed to be able to work with these two curriculums, and I just love them. And I have been through a lot of different curriculums, and these I, I have found work, and it's wonderful at the end of the year when students go back and look at their work every single year the students are blown away by what they have accomplished, even yeah. my little third graders. And they're so proud of what they have accomplished and parents as well. They're amazed at um, what <laughs> these students have learned. And that's not, that's not me. That's because we have a wonderful curriculum that teaches a foundation, gives these students a grammar and writing foundation that they will use throughout their years. Yeah, well, that's a great observation. I'm going to close it at that spot because I want to make a statement. We do have a great curriculum and we have a great pedagogical model. And what we follow that is how we make curricular choices. That is classical Christian education and teaching uh, as the, as children grow and, and using the trivium as our a way of uh, knowing what's appropriate when. But the one thing I know about education is that teachers are the most important part of education. Doesn't they're more important than curriculum, they're more important than pedagogy. I don't remember either of those from any of my education, but I remember the great teachers, and you are one of them, and we're very thankful to have. Thank you so much. I'm blessed to be here. <laughs> Folks, this has been Summer Weaver. I don't know why she was named after a season. That's another story. Uh, but this is Veritas Vox, the voice of classical Christian education. Thanks for being with us.